Hey everybody, this is Chris Quire from CSS Tricks with another video screencast. In this one I want to show you all about the effect.css open source project here on GitHub. And I want to, beyond that, I want to show you how you can get set up uh, as a contributor to this project. If you have some ideas for it, how you can kind of get set up on your local environment and, uh, and work with it. So what is Effect? It's a, an idea Paul Irish had to kind of take some of the cool animations and transitions that are out there on the web, kind of strip away most of the UI from it so they're, you know, they're bare bones and easy to style. Uh, and so that, and then kind of deliver like a just just CSS classes that you can use in your own project. Then, so let's take a look at it visually first. Here's kind of the home page for it as it exists now. This may change over time, uh, and it has a bunch of demos in there that are kind of broken up by UI pattern. So if here's some some examples of of modal windows. You know, things that kind of draw your attention to them. This one kind of comes up out of the ground. This one comes down from above. It's a neat effect. It just looks cool, but it really it's beyond that in that it accomplishes the kind of the metaphor that is a modal dialogue well. It's like this sits on top of what's behind it. It's supposed to draw your attention to it. It fades out the background. This blur one literally blurs out the background so you can focus more on the dialogue. It accomplishes something UI-wise beyond just, you know, kind of a box that pops up. So, uh, you know, they're both nice and, like, you know, effective as UI. These are some button, you know, those are from from the, the awesome blog Code Drops. Hakeem Al-Hatab has these buttons that he produced um, uh, that have the spinner that pops out, uh, you know, uh, that's kind of like, I've clicked on this button and it's going to do something and it might take a minute. You know, what a great way to, to indicate that action. So we're kind of combining these things from different sources into one place, standardizing the API in a way, removing as much design as we can so they're very easy to style and use in your own project. If you have a list, you know, like how, why can't we make that very clear that something new is being added and where that's being added instead of just immediately appearing there? Uh, pretty neat, right? Scroll effects just to, uh, to, to drive home what's happening when you're scrolling. Uh, these popular kind of off-screen navigations that can come out in different ways. Uh, squeezing and pushing so things go off the page when you do it that way. Uh, transitioning from page to page to make that really clear. Think of, you know, traveling to different pages in a GitHub repository on github.com. Captions for images, you know, things that you really need in web projects or are common to need. Uh, tool tips and stuff like that. So the, the bottom kind of explains, I won't read every word of it, but what the goal of the project is to make sure that we are, you know, doing a little bit of regression testing here, making sure that these are performant in all browsers. Notice the big yellow banner on top says this isn't quite ready to use because we want to, you know, we want to do a little more here, make sure that this is really clean and that there really is good performance on all these. Uh, but what we need is contributors for it. We need, you know, kind of more going on on the project, I think. So I want to show you how you can get set up with this project so you can be a contributor if you want uh, with the kind of side goal of like, hey, this thing uses kind of node and grunt and it's kind of new school and maybe this would be a good intro to that stuff for you as well. So it's out on GitHub. So this is the main repository for it. It's at the HTML5 boilerplate uh, repository for now, which I think is a good home for it. So if you want to be a contributor for it, what would you do? Well, you should fork it to your own GitHub repo. So of course you have a GitHub account, they're free. If you don't have one, just sign up for one. Why not, huh? And then fork the project to your own repository so you will have a copy of it. I'm gonna fork this repository to my own 
GitHub account, which I'm on GitHub at just Chris Coyer. So it'll just take a minute to do that. And now I have a copy of it that's different. I can do whatever I want to this. It's open source. I could just rewrite the whole thing if I wanted to. But we're just going to be making kind of minor changes to push the project forward a little bit. So now I need to have a local copy of this so that I can work with it. I'm going to use the, um, the, the Git uh, Mac program tower. I'm going to say manage my repositories, and I'm going to clone a remote repository because that's what this is. So it's out on GitHub. It's a remote repository. I'm going to get the URL from over here in GitHub, and I'm going to paste that there. And it knows, just from that URL, it knows a bunch about it. I am going to pick a place to put it. So I have a GitHub folder where I put stuff like this. I'm going to name a new, brand new folder, effect. Yeah, an empty folder. That's where Git, you know, repositories need to be kind of cloned into here. And hit the clone button and pull that guy down. So we don't need this anymore. We've done what we needed to do from that. I can uh, kind of open up a window here into my GitHub land, and there's effect right there. Uh, I could open up a new tab, and well, why don't we just look in here? I could grab the uh, index. I think it'll kind of redirect me. Well, dist is the is the thing right now that has the index file in it that uh, ha, you know kind of has the visual model of of what we're trying to do here. But it kind of doesn't work, right? You're like, I got all the files. This is the entire project. It's just how it was online, but it's not working, and it's not working just because because we're working from a file URL here where the file paths won't be right because this is, you know, look at the weird URL that it's at here. So it's not finding all the stuff that it needs to find. You really shouldn't be working from file URLs anyway. We need to work from like a little server for it. Now, you know, in the past on this podcast, we've kind of used MAMP for a lot of that stuff. We're like, oh, we just need a local development domain. Let's just, you know, use MAMP or whatever. We don't need to do that on this project. This project is set up using Grunt grunt the task running tool that does all kinds of build stuff for you it's super useful i'm sure you've heard of it grunt works on node so we're not like node developers we don't need to write any node code but it's just like this just how what's what grunt runs on and that's what this project is kind of using so that's the case there now the fact that it's using node means that let's open up this thing in sublime text too here i'm going to move it over with divi get my browser situation good uh, it has this thing called a package.json in it, which is the kind of the, the thing that tells Node, uh, these are all the packages that I want to use. Packages meaning packages from NPM, the Node Packaged Modules. So every kind of language has something like this. Rails has gems. Uh, PHP has some kind of package manager now, or you could even think of it a little bit like WordPress plugins and that they kind of do something for you and extend the, the possibilities of this language a bunch. All the major libraries have something like this. Uh, and this is just Node's way of doing it. So I'm going to need to use the terminal a little bit here. I have a shell command open. I'm going to cd into that GitHub directory where I put this thing and effect. That's all the files in there, right? And I'm just going to run npm install. Now, if npm doesn't do anything, you may need to install it, which... Uh, I'm sure you can find out how to do that here, right? In the download thing, you just kind of run a little installer for NPM, and then and then it will mean something. Um, the point being there, like if you were to come in here and type NPM and it didn't do anything, like if I just type that, it's going to be like, command not found. If it says NPM, command not found, you need to install it. So you have NPM installed there. And it just, look at all this stuff it went out and got. 
it just like got a ton of stuff. Look at it. Looks like it found some. I don't even know what's up there. Uh, cool. Hopefully that worked. And then now that it's there, I can uh, now that now grunt works. Now it's the same kind of deal. I'm gonna type. Well, grunt got installed because of npm. So here, that's where it's installing grunt, and it's installing auto prefix or another tool that we're gonna use, and then kind of combining grunt and auto prefixer uses this assemble library, and it's gonna compile our SAS for us because this project is in SAS. All this stuff. So theoretically, all that stuff is installed now. Now grunt works too. So now there's another kind of configuration file here called gruntfile.js that kind of defines a bunch of stuff that it wants to happen. It wants to watch these directories inside of here, and it wants to uh, you know, run the SAS thing so that when a SCSS file gets saved, it, it, um, it compiles it and moves it to the right place. And then after that, it's going to run auto prefixer, so we don't have to worry about prefixes. It's going to run a local server for us, whereas we're trying to go with that. Uh, and all that type of stuff. So at the bottom here, it says register task. Well, there's a default task and an SCSS task. We, the task we're interested in is dev. We want to run that grunt dev task. When we're working on this particular project, we've defined this task called dev, and that's the one that kind of does all the initial setup work for us. And it says, okay, that worked. Now, again, it's one of those things where a grunt better do something here. That's the command line interface for grunt. If you type grunt, like, ooh, I spelled it wrong, and it says command, if, yeah, but if you actually typed grunt and it said command not found, you need the command line interface tools for grunt, which in the readme for this project, it kind of goes over that. Um, the tech, you know, we use SAS, we're using Node and NPM. Uh, doesn't it mention something about grunt? CLI. Yeah, there it is. So, gosh, how did I get scrolled over here? Make sure you have the grunt command line interface installed. Now that you have NPM installed, if you type grunt and it doesn't work, do do this, and then you'll get the command line interface for grunt so that grunt will mean something when you type it here in the terminal. That's what that means. So now that this is running, now that we're, we don't have to go to that file URL like we were at before, now we can go to, what does it say? Localhost 8000. So localhost 8000 and we have this set up so it will kind of redirect to the disk directory now this stuff works the modals work and yeah cool so we're off of the file url grunt is running uh and we're uh we're you know we're off to the races as they say so Cool. Now we can contribute in some way. Well, what needs to get done on this project? We could always go back to kind of the main repository for it. So it's forked from here. I can go and check out the issues, perhaps, and kind of see if there's anybody talking about anything that needs to be done. Surely there, <laughs> surely there is. Or if we have our own idea, here's the master to add list that I just kind of added. Here's a bunch of cool stuff out on the web that I would really like to um, add to this project. So perhaps if you want to contribute, you could just pick one of these things and kind of get familiar with the project and then and then sort of start porting it over. Or let's say we want to do something really simple. I don't want to drag on in this podcast. So let's, uh, I know even the cops don't like this. I just added this recently, the tooltip, and I just added one. It's just one little tooltip. But what if we wanted to add a tooltip that came up from the bottom instead of the top? That seems like a pretty easy little contribution we could make, right? So let's move this over again. Let's see how this is set up. Well, okay, uh, the source, templates, okay, layouts, pages, and parts. 
Um, pages, tooltips. Okay, well, that's where the tooltips is. Here's the, the header that tooltips is. Okay. Oh, I found the right place, huh? So here's example one is a tooltip and it has data effect tooltip text. I guess that's where you put the tooltip text. And the class is prefixed with effect here, tooltip one. Maybe we'll just grab this and make tooltip, you know, like example two in here. And we'll give it a different tooltip class name. I am a tooltip will be fine. Cool. So now if we save that and refresh this page, did it work? Did it make it down there? Oh, there it is. It worked. Cool. Now, <laughs> how did that work exactly? I guess we could look at the terminal. Oh, look, there's all a bunch of new stuff in here. Uh, where were we? We were right here. We did grunt dev and it started watching. Okay. Then it noticed. So part of what grunt is doing here is it's literally watching these directories for us. That's how this is set up. And it noticed that the file tooltips.hbs has changed. So it's, you know, when that happens, according to this grunt file, it needs to do some stuff. So it's running the assemble task and it's assembling stuff and it's assembling pages together. And uh, it didn't have any errors and then it sees that these things have changed and okay, it's cool now. Like it just did a bunch of stuff for us. So ultimately, you know, this index file changed at some point and it, in it you know, right here and uh, it's ready for us. So this file that we're looking at isn't this tooltips.hbs. It's literally an index file, but it got updated like kind of immediately uh, because of the change there. So that's pretty cool. That's what Grunt is doing for us. Now, I have here this icon in my Chrome browser is the Live Reload Browser plugin. So if we kind of go back here, let's look at that. There is a uh, part of the README that, that talks about that a little bit. Um, Grunt will live reload the browser. Style injection. You'll need the browser extensions, and there's a link here. If we click this link, we'll go over to this. And uh, I guess there's a Safari one, and a Chrome one, and a Firefox one. I have it here in Chrome. That's what this button is. If I turn it on, which will work, it will have the little black circle in it now. And it normally it, it wouldn't go to a black circle if there was a problem. Uh, but Grunt has started a little live reload server for us. So now that that's active and I make this change, and instead of saying example two here, maybe I'll, I'll do a little change where I put it at the beginning of a sentence, which is weird. Let me put it like here instead um, and save it. You'll see that this just immediately reloads for us. So it kind of moved it there. Uh, that's cool. I'll do it again to get get a space after that example too. Cool. So that doesn't do anything because that class we haven't defined yet. But you can see that we didn't have to come over here and reload, which is, you know, nice. Uh, cool. It's just another little thing that Grunt is doing for us that is kind of convenient. So let's open the SCSS folder and under modules, that's where tooltips is. So source templates um, pages is where the tooltips markup is and then we're using SAS on this project and it's a module so it's uh, under tooltips this is where we're defining how tooltips work uh, in this project so uh, effect tooltip one has this big definition of how it works we have now effect tooltip two that's what we put in there uh, so I'm gonna take it all I'm gonna copy it I'm gonna paste it below 
call it tooltips 2 and then just change something hopefully kind of trivial here. I'll make the background like red or something. I'm gonna save it. And look, this didn't uh, didn't change at all here. That's pretty weird. Oh, but there it is. So Live Reload is doing that for us too. It does um, style injection like we mentioned over here, style injection. It doesn't refresh the page like it does with HTML. It just kind of injects those new styles. So uh, that's that working for us there too. So we wanna make it come from the bottom instead of the top, right? First of all, we'll leave that color alone. Ultimately, we should probably use a SAS variable for that. Maybe that that's what your contribution could be. Um, uh, but the it's centering okay, but maybe we could just change this to like top, and that's the text of the tooltip, but this is the angle here, so maybe do top here too. Is it gonna be as simple as that? Probably not, huh? That's putting it below, but it's kind of getting weirdly squished there, isn't it? <laughs> okay, maybe we do need a refresh, huh? Or is that just is that just something? Wow, I have no idea what's going on there. Top, margin, uh, margin, margin top. I didn't. I just didn't expect it to squish like that. That's pretty strange, isn't it? It's just uh, moving around. <laughs> I wish you know, and it's it's kind of bumming me out because it's a pseudo element, and those are a little hard to inspect. Like you can, like if I get this. I can get the pseudo element in DevTools here, um, but it's hard to like kind of see it. I guess we, we could put the hover state on it. Yeah, there it goes. And then we could change some of this stuff. That should work. So if I do the red thing, yeah, that works. Yeah, it kind of scrolled back up on me there. What is the thing that would be causing it to just changing the top? If I move it back to bottom, is it okay? Yeah, so changing bottom to top decided that it's going to also weirdly squish it. That's strange. Oh, bottom is getting overridden by something. Oh, I see what the problem is. Yeah, so we changed the top, but then we have to change the hover too. So the, the top needs to be changed here in the hover state. Yeah, that should fix it. So it's moving down there, but now we need to move the triangle as well. So the triangle needs to be pointing upwards instead of downwards. The triangle happens with this. Uh, I know we're a little, a little bit of a tangent here, but we're trying to contribute to this project. The border bottom should have that. So that's going to flip the uh, the triangle around. Oh, look at it. Just did it did it quite well for us, actually. So example one, the tooltip comes up on the top and example two comes up on the bottom so maybe we should just say uh i appear on top period i appear on bottom and then we'll just kind of refresh the page here so it kind of gets into its normal state and then yeah i appear on top I appear on bottom and they're both centered nicely because of the other CSS we have going here. So we've we've contributed there. Oh, if you click it, it has a hashtag, so it goes to the top. I often like to put hashtag zero and stuff like this, so it just doesn't do that because zero is an invalid ID. So there's nothing that can have that ID on the page. So it just kind of doesn't, doesn't, uh, let me make sure that I get rid of that and scoosh down to it. Yeah, now you can click it and it doesn't matter. But it has a little bit of delay to it and it kind of comes up from the bottom, which is a nice little effect. It's simple but effective, I feel like, and easy to style. It's mostly um, 
being performant, being easy, being semantic, and you know, and, and making sure that we're using things that um, are going to be fairly performant. So uh, that's what I wanted to show. Okay, so we've made some changes to this project. We've we've been a useful contributor, right? So now, if we come into this repository, move to the effect library that we clone, you'll see some changes in it. Wow, quite a few things have changed here, hasn't it? Uh, the tooltips thing changed, and you can see that we changed a paragraph. We made this, you know, we changed some text, yada yada yada. We changed some CSS. We added a new thing here. Um, so then it made a HTML tooltips file, which ultimately gets included in the index. So that's new. And the tooltips changed. But apparently all kinds of stuff changed. What did we change exactly here? That's funny. I don't actually see the change here. It made it from... 0 0.3 to, to, to 0 0.3. It must have been a change in the auto prefix library. It decided that um, zeros are better and <laughs> six-letter things are better. Uh, that's weird. I mean, I didn't, I don't know. It might just be like a change in how that library works. Normally, I would. it's like weird to commit a change like that that actually doesn't change anything. But, you know, if that's how the library is now, we're going to have to do it at least once. So let's do that. Okay, so I'm going to select absolutely everything. I'm going to write, and I'm going to write a good commit message, right? I'm going to write like, you know, adding from bottom tool tip as an example. Cool. That's fine. I mean, we could go way into it if we want to. Just hit OK, and I'm going to then push it up to the library. Now, where is it going to push it to? It's not going to push it directly to the, you know, the, the main repository here. It's going to push it to my fork of it. So if I go to my own account... Uh, under my repositories, I'll have my own fork of it here. And you'll see the change. So if I go to commits, my change will be at the, the very top, adding from bottom tooltip as example. Cool. And if I go here and at the main repository and look at commits, that's not there. That's just the one before this. So that commit only went to my personal repository. Well, that's fine. What we want to do then is send a pull request to the main library. Because, you know, I, I happen to have direct commit access to this, but you won't, you know, like you're just <laughs> someone else. So, but this is how I should be working too. Everything coming into this project should be a pull request, meaning that can be reviewed and looked at and talked about before it's merged into the project. So, again, if we go back to that, I can go to the pull request tab here in GitHub and say new pull request, and it's going to see all that stuff. It's going to be like, here's all those changes that we are just looking at over here in Tower. Uh, create a new pull request for this comparison. I'll just kind of, yes, I, I do want to do that. There's only one commit here, uh, and I'm just going to call it the same thing there, adding adding from bottom tooltip example and send the pull request over to the HTML5 project. Now, someone uh, who has commit access to the main repository can look at it and look at your commits and comment on it and talk about it. It gets added as an issue as well at the very top, adding from bottom. That's now an issue because it's a pull request. I can go to that pull request, look at it, and I happen to be a... Uh, you know, have commit access to the main repository, so I can merge it. And GitHub knows that this, this, there's nothing that's preventing this from from being merged. Like it would be if you know, if, if I made a couple, three, four changes, maybe affected some of the same files. This wouldn't, the, the merge couldn't happen as cleanly as this. But you know, this all happens so fast that it can be merged. So I'm gonna be like, cool, sounds good. I'm going to confirm the merge, and now it is in the HTML5 boilerplate version of it too.
uh, so we can look at the commits and now our commit is there both the commit and the merging of the pull request and as because it's the GS the GH pages branch which is the one that creates the literally live demo that people can look at um, we can look at that and it would see our tooltip thing actually probably has made it to the website uh, maybe not quite yet sometimes it just takes a few minutes you know github has to like run it and stuff maybe there's some caching i'll shift refresh just in case anyway oh there it is it's just it's just wider <laughs> so it kind of took a minute like we were looking at it like this before or whatever um cool so that's you know grunt and effect and running a local thing and just you know we did not a super deep dive, right? But enough to to be effective with GitHub and the whole thing, and being a useful member of the community and all that. So, uh, enjoy everybody. I hope to see some of your commits in there, and maybe we can get this yellow banner off of here kind of sooner than later.